we're going to spend some time talking about and looking at truth. Truth. Not what's speculation, not what's a feeling or a guess or what we are or are not passionate about, but what is true. What's true? Because we can be passionate about things that aren't necessarily true. We have feelings that aren't necessarily true. We guess about things that aren't necessarily true. But what's actually true and how we manage truth, how we handle it, how we speak it, how we apply it, how we live it, how we tell it. And we need to do our best to live in congruence with what is true. Now, obviously for Christians, we know when we go to the Word of God, we will find in there what is true. The principles, parables, lessons, stories, all of those things, we, we base our faith in those foundational things of the Bible. And they are very rich. There's multiple layers there, a lot of different things to look at. So we're going to build on that. And the world today, as you notice, as you look around, is very divided. People have a lot of different feelings about a lot of different things. And I think part of the problem with that is because we as human beings often, I know I do this anyway, and I'm sure I'm not alone, but we as human beings often, we seek to be right sometimes more than we seek what's true. We seek to be right more than we seek what's true. And once we step off the path of seeking what is true and instead seek to be right, bad things be, begin to happen. Um, so together as followers of Jesus, you know, henceforth, let's do our best. Let's make a commitment to not just be right, not just be passionate, but speak, apply, live, and tell the truth, the truth. And our first step as we follow God together on our journey is going to be speaking what is true. We're going to take a, a one Sunday over the next four weeks, and we're going to look at each of those, speaking, applying, living, and telling the truth. Write that down in your notes, hashtag it, whatever you want to do. Make it part of who you are. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. And when we sin, it often begins in a lie. It begins in a lie or a deception of some sort. Sometimes we deceive ourselves even, and we sin, just like um, with Adam and Eve in the garden. That's how sin entered the world. Lies are destructive, and they will hurt you, and they will hurt the people around you. Deception will hurt you. It will hurt the people around you. Whether we choose to believe lies or speak them or repeat them or whatever it may be. Now, we all know we should speak the truth, right? We, we, we could probably all agree on that right away. And many of us probably think that we mostly do. I think, well, I, I really do try to tell the truth. I always tell the truth. But let's challenge that just for a moment. Just for a moment. Has anyone ever asked you, like this morning, I probably had a half dozen people ask me, how are you going? You know, how are you doing? Things like that. And you say, I'm fine. But is that really true? Or uh, someone, your, maybe your spouse asks you, what's wrong? And you say, I'm fine. I'm fine. But is that really true? Is that true? And I've certainly done that. And I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm picking on anyone if, or accusing you of anything if you've done that. I did a little Google search for, for the lies people tell most, and there's a few of them. One of them was, uh, I, I was stuck in traffic. I was stuck in traffic. Um, another one was, my phone died. My phone died. Or how about, I'm going to start going back to the gym. You know, maybe we had good intentions, but if we don't actually follow through on that, it becomes a lie, doesn't it? Um, or another one, I'll be ready in five minutes. Not picking on the ladies, but just saying... I'll be ready in five minutes. 
Um, now, those things, they're kind of funny, and they're mostly innocuous, really. But nonetheless, we may need to think about and realize maybe we aren't quite as truthful as we could be. Maybe we don't tell the truth as much as we think we do. And everybody has trouble and struggles with that occasionally. We all do that, and I don't know why. Like occasionally, I'll, I'll find myself, and I'll, I'll say something that's untrue, and I don't even know why I did it. It just kind of slips out. And God knows that. He knows that we struggle with it. And he knows the importance of speaking truth. And I think it's important that we recognize how important it is to say, to speak what's true. It's actually in the Ten Commandments, number nine. Number nine. Now, that ninth commandment sometimes gets shortened down to thou shalt not lie. But there's actually more to it than that. What it says in the modern English version, which is what I read from, Exodus 20.16 is, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, that does mean don't lie, but it also includes a lot more than that. What that means is speaking falsely in any way, whether it be lying, using ambiguous language to conceal the truth, uh, devising to be deceptive. Uh, it also means speaking unjustly against other people. Uh, it can even mean acting on preconceived notions that aren't true. So there's a lot to that when we really start to dig into it and think about acting on truth, applying truth, telling the truth, all these different things. And God gives us commands not just because he wants to tell us what to do. Um, he obviously has the power that he can control what we, we did if he wanted to. And you look around the world and there's obviously a lot of people who are doing whatever they want, not interested in following what he says. But God gives us commands not just because he wants to tell us what to do, but because his commands are good. They're good for us. He gives us commands because he created us and he knows what's good for us. He's like, if you follow and do what I say, just like he used to tell Israel in the Old Testament, if you follow and do what I say, things are going to go well for you. And speaking the truth is one of those things we need to do. It's good because God has designed us to live by what is true. And if you look around at the world, there's a lot of different opposing ideas and thoughts and and some are true and some are not true, but sometimes people act very strongly on things that aren't necessarily true. And when we do that, when we act on something that's not true or we speak something that's not true, we sin. We disobey God and we bring harm to ourselves and we bring harm to others as well. So one thing that I hope you'll take away today is that speaking the truth is very important. And, and truth is a very powerful thing. And it's not something we should take lightly. It's something we should think about, something we should meditate on. Sometimes we might lie because it's easy and we can possibly avoid some trouble or, or get something we want in the moment. And, you know, we, we see kids do it all the time. We still do it as adults occasionally. But a lie is harmful and it's destructive in the long term. Sometimes we can tell a lie. It might get to manipulate our situation in the moment where it seems better but in the long term, a lie is going to be harmful. It's going to be destructive. And God wants us to tell the truth because it creates good things. And if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, every paragraph in the first chapter of Genesis begins with God said. God said. They each begin with God said. And if you're familiar with that first chapter, which many of you are, that's where God creates everything. 
And one of the very interesting things about that that I like to think about when I look at that first chapter of the book of Genesis is that when God creates all that we know, he doesn't pull out a hammer and nails or a toolkit. He speaks. What God says becomes reality. His words create. His words create. He speaks everything into existence. So what God speaks is truth. What God speaks is reality. It becomes reality. And the first thing God speaks into existence is light. Light. And then when he sees the light, what does he say about it? It says, and he saw that it was good. It was good. So when we go to God's word and we learn from it, we look to it, we read it, we can expect it to create and build good things in us. When we read it, when we learn from it, it's going to build good things in us. It's going to create good things in us. So what God says creates what we know to be true. And as you read on in the book of Genesis, God creates people. He creates Adam and Eve. He breathes his life into Adam, and he gives Adam an eternal soul. And he places Adam and Eve in the garden, and they tend it, and God says, you can eat from anything you want. Okay, you can eat any plant you want, except the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if you do, you'll die. If you eat from that tree, you'll die. And God didn't mean you were gonna, they would die prematurely. He, mean you, he meant you'll die at all. People weren't created to die. It's, it's sin that, that brought that into the world. Now, as the story develops, the serpent comes and asks Eve a question. And he says, did God say you shouldn't eat from any of these trees? And Eve answered. She said, we can eat from any of these trees except one. And God said, don't eat from it or touch it or else you will die. Don't eat from it or touch it or else you will die. Now notice God didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. Didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. So Eve actually added something that was not true to what God had said, claiming God had said it when he didn't actually say that. Now, that's a sermon in and of itself, adding things to God's word that aren't necessarily there, but we'll save that one for another day. But Satan answers her with, you'll surely not die. You're not going to die if you do that. The reason God doesn't want you to eat that is because he knows on the day you do, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. See, they didn't know good from evil. And what Satan said about them, knowing the difference between good and evil, was actually true, but then he twists it and he prefaces it with a lie saying, you surely won't die. That's very, very deceptive. And did you notice how there was a process of reasoning things out there? When you read that, and Eve says, oh, and she saw that it was good to eat, and then she took and she gave some to her husband. And when we lie, if we tell a lie, we usually reason it out in our own mind, thinking, oh, this is, this is probably what's best, or maybe it's not that bad, or maybe this is a good thing, or maybe this is going to save me some trouble, or something like that when we lie. But a lie is never good. No matter how much we reason it out, it's not a good thing. And we could spend a long time talking about uh, the first few chapters of Genesis, but one of the things we learned today is what happens when we speak, believe, or act on a lie. Speaking truth is living in obedience to God. And speaking lies and acting on lies is sinful. It's sin. And God speaks truth when he says, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because you will die. 
And we know that's truth. But in that moment, in the interaction with Satan in the garden, Adam and Eve are faced with a choice. They could choose to believe God or believe a lie. And they chose the lie. And sin and death entered the world, and we've all been suffering the consequence of that ever since. And remember, in making the, the choice that they did, they had direct access to God. They had direct access to God. They had access to all the knowledge that existed in Him and to the one whose very words create truth. They could have went to Him and asked Him about this. They could have asked Him anything. But they chose to listen to Satan, reason things out for themselves, and then to speak and act on a lie. And we need to be aware that is a human condition. It's a human condition. We are all very capable of doing the same thing. And sometimes we do the same thing. We reason it out, we think it out, and then we believe a lie, we act on a lie, and then we sin, and we live in disobedience to God. Truth is very powerful, very powerful. It strengthens things. It builds good things. And when we speak truth, we, we do things. We build good relationships when we speak truth. We build good businesses when we speak truth. Nobody wants to deal with a dishonest business. We build good churches when we speak truth. That's why we're talking about it. If we speak lies, we sin. We destroy good things. For instance, an example that is relatable for many of us in marriage is speaking truth in our marriage. And it's often a joke you see in movies that, or, or elsewhere or sometimes among guys that um, men have a tendency to lie to their wives. They have a tendency to lie to their wives. I'm occasionally around fishermen who joke about um, lying to their wives about buying new fishing tackle and things like that. Um, and it's very important for a woman in marriage to know that she can trust her husband. It's a very basic need for women. They need to feel like they can trust their husband. And husbands, your marriage will be weakened if your wife doesn't feel like she can believe what you say. It'll be weakened if she doesn't feel like she can trust you. Speaking truth will strengthen your marriage. Speaking truth creates good things. And there's also the other side of that. Lies are also powerful. But lies don't build up. They destroy. They tear apart. They tear down. Now, you and I are created in the image of God, and that's a hard truth. Yeah, that's a hard truth. And I don't mean harsh, but it's, it's solid. It's, it's, it's a concrete thing. Now, that particular truth, being created in the image of God, shapes a lot of good things. You know, it, 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 it's a fact that attributes value to every human being. It attributes dignity to all people. We're all created in God's image. Every person is valuable. Every person is important because we are created in God's image. But when we get away from that, as we've seen happen in different parts of the world and throughout history, there's nothing to say that one person is as valuable as another without that basic truth. Now, because of what happened in the garden, we all possess a sin nature, and we have the capacity to speak truth, and we have the capacity to lie. We have the capacity to do both. So what we speak, what you speak in your relationships, in your marriage, in your business, in, in all of your dealings, it either strengthens or destroys those things, strengthens relationships or it destroys them. So what we speak matters. What we speak is important. How we speak matters. In James chapter 3, verses 2 through 10 makes this point. And I'm going to read those verses to you. And uh, this is what it says. James chapter 3, verses 2 through 10. And it says, We all err 
in many ways. But if any man does not err in word, he is a perfect man and able also to control the whole body. See how we put bits in the mouths of horses and that they may obey us. And we control their whole bodies and observe ships, though they are so great and driven by fierce winds, yet they are directed with very small rudder wherever the captain pleases. Even so, the tongue is a little part of the body and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of evil. The tongue is among the parts of the body, defiling the whole body and setting the course of nature on fire. And it is set on fire by hell. All kinds of beasts and birds and serpents and things in the sea are tamed or have been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. When I read those verses and think about them, I think, wow, I really need to be careful what I say because words are so powerful. And when James talks about the tongue, obviously he's talking more about more than just the little muscle in our mouth. That's, that's obvious. And he uses several illustrations to make the point that our words are very powerful. And if we can learn to discipline ourselves in what we speak, to not, as he puts it, not err in word, we'll gain control of a lot of other things. We'll be able to discipline other areas of life if we are able to do that. And James says, okay, speech is a bit like a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder that steers a a ship or a, a match that starts a forest fire. A small thing has a tremendous amount of influence on much larger things. A tiny flame can burn down a whole forest. And we've probably all heard, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. That's not true. Words can be very damaging. We have to be careful with what we say. We've also heard someone at some point say, maybe you, maybe me, have said, well, I just have to speak my mind. And James is telling us, you know, be careful with that. You need to think about that. Because if you don't, you could start a fire that you can't put out. You've got to be careful with what we say. But we don't naturally fall into doing that. We don't naturally fall into speaking what's true. We have to be taught as children. We kind of naturally lie. We have to be taught. And then even as adults, we have to discipline ourselves to speak what's true, to speak the truth. And James says, if you can do that, if you can work on that, work at it, he says, that leads to discipline and good things in other areas of life as well. Discipline and true speech will save you from a multitude of troubles. Now, obviously, the converse side of that is also true. False and careless speech will lead to a world of trouble, and probably for the people around you as well. And if we, can, if we can't control what we say, we're going to have problems in a lot of areas. And what that means is if we can't control what we say, we will struggle a lot with sin. So it's important to be able to control what we say. Think about what we say. Be careful with what we say. Because as James tells us, our tongue can start a fire. can start a fire. But James says on the inspirative side of that, if we can get this right, we can get some other things right too. Now the Bible is rich with this kind of speech, this kind of language about telling the truth, both in the Old and New Testament. You know, it says avoid gossiping. Hold your tongue. Don't betray someone's confidence. You know, don't be a backbiter. Don't sow discord. Don't do all of those things. Proverbs 26.20 says, Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. So where there is no talebearer or gossiper, the strife ceases. 
Proverbs 16, 28 says, A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. You notice that James says, if any man does not err in word, he doesn't say, okay, just tell the truth. He says, don't err in word. So there's, there's a lot to that. If, if, if It's more than just telling the truth. It's how we tell it. Obviously, that means telling the truth, but it also means doing it well, speaking truth well. Speaking the truth is it's a nuanced thing, nuanced thing that takes some discipline and some wisdom because if not spoken well, the truth can actually be hurtful. It can be destructive. And wisdom, wisdom is the right application of knowledge. But our speech should never be a lie, but we should also discipline our speech so we don't err in word. Often things like, you know, gossip and lies and tailbearing and backbiting and sowing discord, things like that, they start with a little grain of truth, but then they end up very embellished along the way. And if we're not well practiced at disciplining our speech, it's very, very easy to get caught up in those things, very easy to get swept up in those things. And when we do, we only make things worse. Now, if your speech is not true and good and helpful, it shouldn't be your speech. And speak what is true, not what we feel, not what we think, but what is true, what's true. We'll build up, we'll strengthen and help or destroy with our speech, depending on whether or not we discipline our tongue. Now, as a caveat of sorts, there are always situations that are challenging to navigate when it comes to speaking the truth, for instance. Um, let's go back to the husband and wife thing. Let's say you're a husband, and maybe you haven't been completely honest about some things, and your God convicts you, and you know, I haven't been as truthful as I could, and I'm going to make the decision today that from now on, I'm going to only speak the truth. And then you go home tonight, and you're going to go get some takeout, and your wife comes out, and she says, do I look fat in this dress? Do I look fat in this dress? Or does this dress make me look fat? Maybe there's a better way to say that. Now, at this point, obviously, only a complete idiot is going to say, yeah, you look fat. I mean, nobody's, nobody's going to do that. But also... Most men quickly answer no, which if that's, if that's true, fine. But if not, are you lying to your wife? And she knows because she goes and changes anyway, doesn't she? Remember, truth is important to your wife. A woman wants to know she can trust her husband. So that's an interesting situation. And, you know, it's just an example of a million different scenarios we run into. But how do you follow what the Bible says and not err in word? Well, I'll, I'll give you the answer that, the best answer I can come up with anyway. If you have disciplined yourself over time to speak the truth, you're now in a good situation. You're in a good position now. If your marriage has been built on truth, you can say something true, good, and helpful now. I remember when I first met my wife, um, Christine. She's downstairs, so I can talk her about a little bit. But this was long before I became a Christian, long before I became a Christian. And I had a history of lying to women, girls that I dated. I just wasn't truthful. I don't even know why. It didn't even make sense. It's not like I needed to lie. I just did. It's almost like a default mode. But for some reason, when I met my wife, Christine, maybe the Lord was working in my life and I didn't even realize it at the time, but I made a conscious decision that I was going to tell her the truth. I was just going to be truthful with her, even when it was difficult. And I've told her probably every day that I love her and I think she's beautiful. For almost three decades, I think I've said that every day and I always mean it and it's always the truth. Every time I've said it. Now, today if she asks me a question like, 
does this dress make me look fat? I can say something like, you know what, that's not my favorite outfit. Or I think you look better in something else. And she knows I'm telling her the truth. She knows I love her. She knows I think she's beautiful. Because we have a history of truth. Even if I'm not a fan of what she's wearing at the moment. But every day we're faced with a multitude of opportunities, scenarios to either discipline our speech or err in what we say. Whether it be a lie or a harsh, haphazardly spoken truth. Now, if you've not been doing well with that, what do you do? You say, well, gosh, I've, I've been erring in my speech. I've been telling lies. What do I do now? Well, start right now. Start now. Discipline yourself. Say, okay, I'm going to make a decision, and, and I'm, from now on, I'm going to discipline myself to speak the truth and not err in word. Make the decision now. And that means being honest about what is true, not what you feel or think. If you don't, it's only going to hurt you and the people around you. Now, I know sometimes we, we, we struggle with sin. I know this happens to me. It happens to a lot of people. probably happens to everybody at some point. But we struggle with sin. And when we do, we can get down and we can feel defeated and we can just kind of wallow in misery and feel that, well, we've messed things up beyond repair. But that's not true because when we act like that, when we do that, when we feel like what we're doing is we're actually selling the, the sacrifice of Jesus short. He died for all sin. David and I were having a conversation about this the other night when, you know, his sacrifice was complete. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. He's, he's done all he can do. He paid the price for sin. So what we do when we find ourselves in that position of wallowing in misery from sin is we recognize Jesus said it is finished. And we repent and we turn away from sin and we get back on the path of following him. We get up, we dust ourselves off, and we follow him. We do good. We do what's right. And when we do that, we're living in obedience to God. In Ephesians, Paul addresses some issues of unity within the church at Ephesus. In Ephesians 4.15, he writes, But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ himself. And one of the themes throughout the book of Ephesians is, is Paul's telling the Ephesians, he says, you guys, he says, grow up and be mature so you're not tossed to and fro by these uh, disunity and conflicts and controversies and divisions and all of these things. And one of the ways they're told to do that is to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love so that they may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ himself. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Speak the truth in love. We sacrifice our need to be right. We sacrifice our need to be right. And that's not an easy thing to do, but the kind of love Paul refers to in speaking the truth in love is just that, a self-sacrificing love that works for the benefit of the one being loved. And let's be honest with ourselves. How often do we speak the truth in ways that benefit the hearer and how often do we attempt to prove we're right? How often do we attempt to prove we're right? Something we, we may not even think about. How many times do we speak the truth in a self-sacrificing way to, to benefit the hearer? And how many times are we just trying to be right? Sometimes it's something that's actually easily to become obsessed with, and then it disintegrates and things go south. But speak the truth in love in a way that's going to benefit the hearer. And imagine taking that attitude in an argument with your partner. Okay, I'm going I'm to speak the truth in love. I'm, I'm going to sacrifice being right, and I'm going to speak 
and self-sacrificial love, things that are for the benefit of my partner. And if it's not going to benefit them, then maybe I don't need to say it. Or maybe it's not the right time to say it. But you can speak the truth in love, but you can't manipulate people with it. That's kind of where the needing to be right comes in. Okay, that's trying to be right. We can't do the Holy Spirit's job of helping a person come to believe what's true. That's God's job. It's not ours. To speak the truth in love, we speak the truth in a self-sacrificing way in order to build up. And then in Ephesians 4.29, a few verses later, in the same context, Paul writes this. He says, Let no unwholesome word perceive out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to the listeners. So we need to take the time to think about, to discern what is good for building up, What's good for building up? So before we speak, we should think, is this good to build things? Is this going to benefit others? Or is it going to be harmful? Is it going to be destructive? Or is it something I'm saying just to prove I'm right? Sometimes maybe I just need to be quiet and leave things up to God. Sometimes we should speak truth. Certainly, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but with self-sacrificial love in a way that's going to benefit the person that's hearing it. If it's not going to be helpful, if it's not going to build up, maybe we don't need to say it. There are a lot of things that could be said that are true, but are they an attempt to be right, or is the truth spoken in a self-sacrificing love to build others up? Speaking truth is important. Being right is not. Speaking truth is important. Being right is not. Being right does not make you right with God. Being right does not make you right with God. The only thing that can make us right with God is putting our trust in our Savior, Jesus. Understanding the sacrifice of Jesus, the gospel, should shape all that we do, shape all that we say. And when we understand the gospel and get our hand around, our, our, hand, our head around it, it helps take away the need to be right. Because we look at Jesus and what he did and in his sacrifice. And when we think about it, was it right that an innocent man had to go to the cross and die for my sin? Was it right that he did that or had to do that? Were the people who wanted to see Jesus crucified, were they right? Were the soldiers who nailed Jesus to the cross, were they right? No. But the truth is, that had to happen so that the price could be paid. Was Jesus right? He was right. He was innocent. He didn't deserve to die on the cross, but he sacrificed being right to become sin for us and sacrifice himself for us. And being right was part of that sacrifice. He gave that up so that you and I would have the opportunity to be made right with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The gospel is the truth that makes us right with God. Do you believe it? Do you believe that you need a Savior? Do you believe that Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood for you? You can turn away from sin and turn to Jesus and put your trust in him, and he will save you. He'll make you right with God. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray for a moment ask our musicians to come up. We're going to sing one last song this morning before we go. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you and praise you. We thank you 
so much for being able to come together to worship, Father. And I pray that you would help us humble ourselves and seek and speak what is true. And it's true that Jesus died for us. And I pray that everyone here would know, understand, and believe that. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.